Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of the OTL Sports Layup Line. I am your host, Nathan Kennedy, and I am also joined by our co-host, Nolan Russell. How are you today, Nolan? Fantastic. Yeah, Nolan was uh, Nolan was up late last night, both watching and researching NCAA until 7.30 in the morning. So he's been very dedicated to this podcast early on. Um, so we just were coming off of the first four last night. Um, any Any immediate takeaways from those first four games? Uh, I mean, the main thing that jumps out is the fact that Michigan State lost. I was I was really banking on them as a as a potential team I would take in the first round here, but I think they actually outplayed UCLA most of the game, and they just kind of they fumbled a little bit at the end. But you know, give credit to UCLA. They played they played them tight, and it was it was a good game the whole way through. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's the main thing that jumped out to me. Yeah, the, uh, the first four games were actually, I don't want to say a lot more entertaining than I anticipated, but they were pretty much all close throughout. Like, I remember Mount St. Mary's was leading early in the game, and then Texas Southern kind of took it over in the second half. Uh, but the Drake, Drake versus Wichita State was a great game, really tight finish. Uh, Wichita had a shot for the win, unfortunately did not make it. Same with the Norfolk State-Appalachian game, or Appalachian State game. That was, a, that was another tight game with a one-point uh, one margin of win or loss. Um, so very, if that's any indication for the rest of the tournament, I think we're in for a really good one. Um, so looking back on the matchups now, are we, are we adjusting anything post first four? Are we, are we second guessing anything that we made prior to that? Well, I mean, obviously I, I don't think this changes our one sixteen games. So, you know, yeah. we'll focus on these six eleven matchups, I guess. Um, I expected Drake to beat Wichita State. I, I thought it would be close. So that doesn't really change anything for me. I, I'm still going with USC there. I think they just have too much size and athleticism to overwhelm Drake, really. Um, the BYU game, though, I, I, I had Michigan State as my as my pick. I'm going to change it to BYU now. I, I think UCLA has just been too inconsistent and for the most part haven't played all that well recently. They obviously played pretty well last game, but I'm going to go with BYU, who's been more consistent this season. Yeah, um, and then in terms of, uh, for me, I'm actually going to do the reverse of what you did for the USC-Wichita, if if Wichita won. I'm actually going to take Drake. I'm going to take Drake over USC. I think coming out of this first four game, I think a game that they didn't play great throughout, that they kind of shone through near the end and played some very consistent two-way basketball, I think that could translate to a good team like USC how well they stand against how versatile and big, genuinely big their roster is. I guess that'll be kind of a time will tell situation, but I, I will hold a lot of stock in Drake. I think a first, uh, even though a first four win isn't the most impressive thing in the world, that's the kind of little bit of momentum that can push you through to a, maybe an upset in the first round. And then from there, even a second upset following that. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride with a uh, ride with Drake over USC there. And I think that's the only one that I'm uh, that I'm going to change there. Cause as you said, the one to 16 doesn't really change, but, I think that might be the only one that I'd change. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, it could be a potential momentum boost. And we've seen some of these uh, 11 seeds make a run before coming out of these, uh, out of these first four games. I think Syracuse made a final four appearance a few years ago as an 11 seed. So, you know, I don't hate that pick. I just, I just think USC has the, the players to, overwhelm them a little bit yeah you usc definitely definitely is favored in talent in that matchup i just if, if there's any if there's any way that they lose it would be on the back of something like this a team coming off of a tight tighten it win and then just firing up going into the first round but i guess we'll i guess we'll see what happens there um but we might as well run through um 
run through our own hypothetical brackets now that we've set our first round considering the final four. Um, so we finished off, uh, we had made, made all of our first round pick selections um, prior to prior to the completion of the final or the first four. So now going to our going through our second round, I have Gonzaga Mizzou at the top of the West. I don't know if you have anything different, but who who's coming out of that for you? Um, I had Gonzaga, Oklahoma, but you know, like I said, Oklahoma and Mizzou is kind of a toss up. Uh, but Gonzaga versus Oklahoma, Mizzou is not a toss up. It's uh, it's going to be Gonzaga. I think either way, I would I would definitely lean towards Gonzaga here. Yeah, I mean, I'm holding I'm holding the same thing. I mean, I think that they're the highest scoring team in the nation. They're undefeated, undefeated against top 25 teams, like undefeated in their conference. Like, there's really there's no weakness of this team. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty clean. This should be a pretty clean win for Gonzaga, um, barring anything, barring anything crazy uh, occurring. But I think that that's definitely Gonzaga's game there. Um, so we'll shift quickly then to the uh, to the second second round game in the West. So that would be Creighton, Creighton uh, against Virginia for me. But I think you took Ohio, if I'm not wrong. I did take Ohio. Virginia's still in Virginia right now. They they haven't even made it to Indiana yet, uh, which is where the game is. So. I'm just, I'm really worried about the rust with them. They haven't practiced and they haven't played in a while. So, uh, yeah, if they get through, I'm taking Creighton. I have Creighton, Ohio here anyways, so I'm still leaning with Creighton. I think they just have a lot of firepower. They could have easily been a three seed if they didn't just kind of have a slump towards the end of the season, which is a little concerning, but I just think this team's too talented to, to not pick here for me at least. Yeah. Um, as we talked about in the last one, the only concern with Virginia for me is really their, um, their full health of their roster. And as you said, how fresh they're going to be going in. Um, it'll depend coming out of this matchup against Ohio, not only how they play, but also in terms of their team health. Um, if they're able to get any of their players who were put on the COVID list back, which they inevitably probably won't be able to. Um, so I think that they'll probably hang on against Ohio, but I think that they'll eventually be bested by Creighton. So I'm going to agree with Creighton with you on that one. Um, although Creighton, as you said, hasn't been the strongest down the stretch. I just think that they're, they, they'll kind of be able to pick apart kind of a weaker Virginia team, given their roster strength right now because of their COVID restrictions. But, um, it'll, it'll honestly come down to how they play against Ohio. If they come out and they haven't practiced in, what'd you say? Almost a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Like if they come out and somehow just absolutely pummel Ohio, then I think my opinion may be changed at that point. But as of right now with the weakened roster and the lack of, uh, I guess, recent play, I think, uh, I think coming out of their first round matchup, I think that's going to be Creighton's game there. Um, and then moving down, uh, you would have had USC here, but I have Drake against uh, Kansas, which <laughs> I mean, if they if they even get past USC, I highly doubt that they get past Kansas. Um, I don't think it's crazy that they could. You you think if they like beat if, USC, if Drake beats USC, I I think USC is better than Kansas, so that's where I'm leaning. At least you know with where everything that's going on with Kansas right now, you know, same sort of situation oh, yeah. that Virginia is in yeah, with the true. COVID. And I also think that just in general, they're a little overseeded here. They haven't really completely impressed me this season. They're eight and six against top 25, which is good, but not amazing. And then you know, they've just been kind of good on both ends of the court, but they, they don't really have that, that team that can just pick you apart on offense or shut you down on defense. They're just kind of good on both ends. And I think 
I think someone like Evan Mobley, at least, you know, in my matchup here, I have USC. I think Evan Mobley is going to have a really great game. And, and I think the Trojans will beat the Jayhawks for my matchup. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I actually completely forgot before you mentioned it, but they were, I think they were one of the teams to withdraw from the big 12 due to a positive COVID test. So I think that could kind of come into play, but I think, you know what? I, I think my opinions changed a little bit midway through thinking about this. I think if they actually get past USC, as you said, I think they actually have a good shot against Kansas. Um, but that is if they get past USC, I think if it's a USC Kansas matchup, I think it'll be USC. Um, but I think it could go either way. Like I think maybe whoever comes out of this USC Drake game could kind of take Kansas for a surprise. So I'm going to take the underdog bear again. I think that that'll be my second underdog pick there. Um, and then my last, which would round out my uh, second round in the West is VCU Iowa. And I think, didn't you take Oregon instead of VCU? Yeah, I, I did take Oregon. Yeah. Uh, d- doesn't matter for me. I'm taking Iowa here. Yeah. I got Luca Garza. So, you know, <laughs> he's probably yeah. the best player in the country. It's between him and Cunningham. And they surround him with a bunch of great shooters. Yeah, this team's, this team's got a lot of firepower. Although I do think Oregon is, is a really strong seven seed. And VCU is also a really strong 10 seed. I really, I really like VCU. I just think in terms of the head-to-end matchup against Iowa, I just don't think they match up that well. I just think in terms of pound for pound, like VCU is more like skill quick guys and Iowa's kind of just, Iowa's kind of just big. They're just, they kind of have that dog mentality. They can kind of do it all. And I think that'll kind of wear down a team like VCU over time. So I think it's hard to bet against Iowa in that one. Um, so we'll shift, we'll quickly shift over to the South here. We'll do our second round in the South. So I have Baylor, Wisconsin. And I think yeah, I'm Baylor, North Carolina, but either way, I'm taking Baylor here. Yeah. As much as I think, as much as I think Wisconsin could make this a tight game, I just don't see them winning. I just think Baylor's a bit too strong. Like they've been, they've been pretty consistent all year. I mean, 13 and one in their conference, they're the consensus second rank in the tournament. So I, I don't really see them losing to Wisconsin. The only way that I could see them actually losing is, I don't know if Wisconsin plays unbelievable defense like they have for they've been a pretty good defensive team for most of the year they've always seemed to have those bigger interior guys so I feel like if they can kind of if they can negate the uh the interior play from Baylor then I feel like they might be in a bit of a bit of a hopeful situation but the odds of that happening I think are pretty slim all right so next matchup I have Winthrop versus Purdue I can't remember did you take Villanova or yeah no I took Villanova okay so I'm taking Purdue in this matchup uh they've got a lot of size a lot of skill and I just think they're going to wear down Winthrop. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you. Uh, Trevian Trevian Williams is um, I I don't even really know how to describe him. He's uh, he's an extremely efficient scorer, and I think he's he's the kind of player that can kind of propel an offense to get in rhythm very quickly. So I feel like if if Purdue can kind of catch Villanova off guard, like through his play, I think that could be really important for them. Um, I also I'm going to take Purdue as well. I think. Um, my opinion may be swayed depending on how handily or not handily they beat Winthrop. So I think it's kind of relying on the first round matchups, how this could change. But as of right now, I'm going to take Purdue. I just, I think that they, they're running at too high a clip for Villanova to kind of keep up with. And Villanova has been a tad inconsistent this year. They haven't really shown me a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to rock with Purdue. Yeah. Well, Villanova is missing their best player too. So yeah. that's going to, that's going to hurt them. Um, yeah. I think we both have Texas tech, Arkansas on this next one. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm not surprised you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Texas Tech. Um, I'm taking Arkansas. 
I'm very high on Arkansas. So I'm the I'm the same way on Texas Tech. I may be a bit of a homer because as as I mentioned last time, I'm a big fan of Mac McClung. I love his story. I've been watching him ever since he was in high school. Um, one of the more po- polarizing talents in the uh, in the NCAA over the last few years. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like this game. Uh, this game, although it is a six and three, and I know Arkansas is a very talented team, I just feel like this one could kind of be a toss up depending on who gets hot at the right time. And I mean, if they're able to. I don't know. I think the only way is kind of like because they're one of the quickest scoring teams in the in the NCAA. I think they have I think it's like 10 or 12 seconds per possession on average for Texas Tech or something along those lines. They're one of the quickest teams. So I feel like if they can run it kind of a running gun clip, much like Purdue does when they get uh, when they get hot, then I feel like they could be they could be in for a, a more handily handily winning game than they would um, than they would if they kind of let Arkansas get into their half court set. But I think it'll it'll come down to whoever's hot on that day because I think this is one of the tighter second round matchups that we'll have. Yeah, I think Texas Tech is a solid six seed. I just I think Arkansas has even more offensive firepower as well as being just as good on defense. And I just think they're gonna they're gonna overpower them. They play fast as well, and I think they're better at it. So <laughs> that's yeah. that's where I'm leaning. It, that one that one's probably one of my games to watch in the second round if if it if it turns out like that because that's a very entertaining game and a very high yeah. game um and then i might we might as well uh, round out the south here i mean we have virginia tech against ohio state um i'm not i'm not going to take virginia tech here i think i'm taking ohio state um this is just honestly purely on the back of the way that they played um was it who's their most recent game i watched their most recent game and they dominated um uh, well, their most recent game was an overtime loss to Illinois, but I'm not sure. No, it was the one. Be, it was the one before. It was the one before the Illinois game. I didn't watch the Illinois. Uh, game. Let me see. I think it would have been. Did they play Michigan before that? Yeah, they beat Michigan by one. Yeah. Uh, they 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 played a pretty dominant game against Purdue a couple games ago. So maybe that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of the Purdue game. Um, I was re- I was really impressed because I watched most of that Michigan game. They kind of hung in the entire game and they they played well when it counted, which I think is something that could kind of be indicative of success in the tournament, especially being able to play well at the right time. Um, so I am going to take Ohio State here. I think this one could this one has the possibility to be a lot closer than people expect. Virginia Tech is undefeated against top 25 teams heading in. So I feel like that could be kind of indicative of how they play against better competition. Um, I think, it, yeah, I think this one's Ohio State, but don't be surprised if this game's a lot closer than maybe like a five, 10 point game. I feel like Virginia could definitely have the possibility to make this close. Yeah, I have a Ohio State over Florida, but really it's the same kind of rationale. I think Ohio State's a very good team and uh, I'm just not that high on either Florida or Virginia Tech. So I think Ohio State should be safe in these first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want to take it to the east or the Midwest? Let's uh, let's go east. Okay, uh, so I have uh, Michigan against SBU. Uh, I think this one's Michigan, regardless of if, of if it's LSU or SBU. Um, I think this is the same argument or same point that we had with the uh, with the West side. How was uh, the eight versus nine? Neither was really convincing. So whoever they end up playing, the one seed, I think the one seed wins there. So I'm just going to take Michigan. Michigan's been strong most of the year, and I don't see them losing to SBU. So. I'm a little bit more on the bubble here, regardless of who wins this LSU-SBU game. I think the, the concern with Michigan is the fact that Isaiah Livers is hurt, who's been extremely important to their success this season. They still have a lot of talent, and they're still very, very good team. But I think this 8-9 matchup is two very dangerous teams who could both give them a run for their money. I have LSU beating St. Bonaventure, and I... 
I had LSU on my bracket beating Michigan not too long ago. I think I'm going to change that now. I'm just, I'm getting a little bit of cold feet here. I think I was maybe putting a little bit too much stock into the livers injury. Michigan still has a lot of great players and they're very well coached, Mm -hmm. but if LSU does come out here, I think they're a dangerous, dangerous opponent for Michigan. They just, they got a lot of good scores and they're, they're high offensive kind of team with Cameron Thomas and Trandon Watford and Javante smart, but Thomas especially is, is one of the best scorers in the nation. So that game, that game could be close for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, LSU does have a lot of firepower in their arsenal. Um, I just, I love the way that Michigan's coached and they do run a very like set scheme. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Hunter Dickinson. I've been watching him for a while and I love the way that he plays. He's a super versatile big man. So I've, I'm, I've been like very tuned into his performance over the last, uh, last few months or so. Um, but I, I mean, as we mentioned, uh, yesterday, there's not much in college basketball that one player can do to take over a game. Most of the time, that's very, very much an anecdotal statement, but I think, uh, I think Michigan's definitely, definitely going to take this. I think, I think if LSU wins, I think it'll be a lot closer, but I just, for some reason, I just, I love Sam Bonaventure in this matchup. I don't really know what it is. It's more just a gut instinct. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I think this is kind of Michigan's game here. I think LSU would give them a better run than SBU, but I think SBU is going to beat LSU for whatever reason. So that that's my, that's my pending second round matchup, which would put Michigan through. Um, and then moving down, we have a uh, second matchup in the East, which is Colorado against Florida state. And okay. I know you're... you also took Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I hate this matchup. I wanted both these teams to make deep runs in my bracket because I think they're both very good. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm going with Florida State because Colorado has kind of struggled on the road this season. They've been dominant at home, but on the road, they've kind of struggled a little bit. They've just sort of been average and, you know, playing in a neutral sort of territory. They don't have that high altitude advantage that they have when they're playing at home. So I think that might play a factor here. I think Florida State's also a little bit bigger, more athletic. And it could be a close game, but I'm going with the Seminoles. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually going to flip-flop with you there. I'm actually going to take Colorado. Um, honestly, for no particular reason, just besides Colorado's more of a veteran team as opposed to Florida State, which is more of a younger team driven by like their freshman juniors and even their third years. Um, Colorado's just really well coached. They're a really well-disciplined team. They limit turnovers. They're, they are more of a veteran roster looking at kind of their age differences compared to most others in the tournament this year. Um, they also have really efficient offense, which I feel like is something that could bode well in this game, especially since both are very potent on both sides of the ball. Um, I just think this, this being a five and four, I think this is one of the stronger, like hypothetical second round matchups that we have. And I really don't think that there's a wrong shout here. I think whichever team comes out is definitely going to give Michigan a run for their money, but I think it's Colorado. Yeah. I, I think regardless of who wins this matchup, I would lean towards them beating Michigan. That would be my gut instinct. I think the one of the interesting things with Colorado is the fact that as a team, they shoot over 82% from the free throw line. Yeah. They have, they're tied for the best ever right now in NCAA history. Yeah, like 82, so 82.2. Yeah. Just being able to shoot that efficiently at the line can, can really win you games in the clutch. So that's one of the main things I like about them. I think Florida state could, uh, could kind of overwhelm them in transition with their big bodies and their, their athleticism and whatnot, but yeah, this is going to be a good game. I, I agree. I think this, this might be the best, hypothetical matchup on the board here in in round two 
Yeah, for sure. And it, the thing is, you mentioned the free throw line as well, which is what I had mentioned just a bit prior. But the thing is, if you look at the Pac-12 title game, they didn't really shoot that well from the line, which is like very, very uncharacteristic of that team. So, I mean, given recent performance, we'll see how that goes going forward, especially in this first round matchup. But I highly doubt they come out with the same poor free throw shooting again. Um, so we'll move to the third matchup in uh, in this side of the bracket, which is now because I changed mine from uh, from UCLA to BYU coming out of the first because I just I don't see UCLA, UCLA beating uh, BYU. So I have BYU against Texas. And as much as I want to see BYU win this, I think this is Texas. I I, I don't know. I <laughs> the only reason I'm really saying that is just because they played they've played well most of the year. They're more of a size oriented team. They're really strong on the inside and they also have really good guard play at the same time. Like they have, they're a very good, like two to three level team. So I think, I think that's just the kind of thing that could kind of stop a team like BYU. Yeah. I'm also leaning towards Texas here. I think BYU is going to be, they kind of got lucky that, uh, that Michigan state lost. I think that, that, that gives them a better hypothetical matchup now against UCLA, which, you know, maybe they go and stomp UCLA or, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. They might they might be able to get a boost of confidence that way. They've played really well all season. Only three losses against teams Gonzaga. So, you know, when when you're 20 and 3 against non-Gonzaga teams, that's that's a scary proposition, but I I think Texas is very good this season and I'm going to I'm going to lean with them here as well. The I'm also going to, as I mentioned, I'm also going to take Texas, but the only thing that kind of gives me a little bit of cold feet with this matchup is how good BYU is from three. And if they get hot, that's the kind of thing that can really break open a game and really change the tides. Um, they do have a Barcelo shot for 48.6% from three at each of his last two seasons, which is absurd. Uh, he's also averaging almost 16 points a game this year. Um, so I think if, if their three point ability can kind of translate to this game, especially against a tough team like Texas, it could be a lot closer than, uh, than most would expect. But I think that's the only outcome that they really make this close. Cause Texas is just, Texas is a very well-rounded team on both sides of the ball. And they're one of my teams that I have going deep, deep in this tournament. So I don't think they'll lose to BYU unless they're shooting the absolute lights out. Yeah. But I think, I think that's the scary thing is the fact that they're capable of doing that. Exactly. There's definitely a possibility that the, the BYU can take down Texas, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I like Texas's uh, just athletic advantages and, and their size advantages, and I think they're they're good enough defensively to try to slow down BYU's hot offense. So I, I agree with you. I'm leaning with them. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll uh, round out the East here. Uh, I don't know if you took UConn or Maryland, but I have Maryland against Alabama here. I do as well, and uh, I'm leaning with Alabama. They're yeah, one of the best yeah. defensive teams in the country, and they they light it up from three as well. So there's just a team that is very good on both ends of the court. I did, I just realized what matchup we just made in the semifinals of the East Texas Alabama. That's gonna that that'll be a crazy matchup. Um, but yeah, I'm all sorry not not to put the cart before the horse. Uh, I'm also taking Alabama, as you said, one of the stronger defensive teams in this tournament. Uh, they've been playing well all year, and get, and again, you want to talk about a big physical roster. They kind of have they have everything that you could possibly want. They're a very complete team, both sides of the ball. Um, shoot, shoot pretty well from uh, from pretty much every area on the field. They're a really consistent scoring team from whether it be the inside mid range or three. Um, and I don't know when you have a, when you have a player like Herbert Jones and what probably one of the best coaches in uh, in college basketball. I think that can take you very far. Um, they they did lead the SEC in three points and uh, four players averaging double figures. So they are a very 
potent scoring team and they, they're also very versatile in their scoring. So I feel like the ability to get burned from like many, many different areas on the floor by different players will kind of bode well for them going forward. But I think Texas is probably the one team that they did not want to see in the, uh, in the East semis, but we'll see, we'll see how that shakes out once we finish out the Midwest here. Um, did you have anything else to say on Alabama or do you want to move over? No, I think, I think we can uh, hold off and talk about them a little more in the next round. So all right, let's, uh, let's move over to the Midwest. Illinois and Georgia Tech. I don't know if you took, did you take St. Lucius in this one? I took Loyola Chicago. Oh, sorry, Loyola Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Loyola Chicago versus Georgia Tech is going to be a good matchup either way. But I I don't see either of them beating Illinois, even though I think these are these are two very good teams. Uh, but Illinois is just, Illinois is too good. I don't see them losing here. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech and, um, and Loyola Chicago, I think, are two of the stronger mid-seeds. Um, I think we were talking about it the last episode. I really like the way Georgia Tech plays. Um, but I think whichever team whichever team ends up running in, into Illinois will be kind of an unfortunate circumstance given how talented both of those teams are because Illinois is just – Illinois is kind of just Illinois, like <laughs> to put it plainly. I mean, they've been uh, – They've been playing well most of the year. Um, they do. They've beaten a lot of really good teams. They have a really good top twenty-five record. Um, but even with like withstanding that, they're just they're a very talented team. And I don't really think that Georgia Tech or Leo Chicago's just one for one ability can kind of match up well. And then, yeah, unless barring anything else you wanted to say, we'll move down to uh, Oregon State and Oklahoma State. Yeah. Okay. We both took Oregon State. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Oklahoma State here. Oregon State can shoot the lights out, but Oklahoma State just has the advantage everywhere else. They got better guards, better big man. And Kate Cunningham is, I, I think he's going to have a great tournament and just overpower the Beavers. Yeah, he, he kind of, he's able to affect like many different areas of the game, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And I feel like that's the kind of thing against, against kind of, I don't want to say more of a mediocre team like Oregon State, but for the most part, they're not as complete as a team like Oklahoma State is, especially benefited by Cade being in the, in the lineup. But, I think it'll, yeah, this one should be a pretty handy matchup towards Oklahoma State. But again, much like uh, much like our other matchup with BYU, like if Oregon if Oregon State for some reason gets absolutely scorching from three, this game will be very close. Um, but barring that, then this will be Oklahoma State's game here. And uh, and yeah, we'll move we'll move down to the third matchup here, which is Syracuse against West Virginia. For me, I don't know if you took uh, San Diego State. Yeah, I took the Aztecs. Um, I'm taking West Virginia here, though. I think this potential matchup that I have is going to be is going to be a really close game. I think San Diego State is probably a little bit better offensively, but what West Virginia does so well is just kind of muck up the muck up the game. They just they they don't play like the cleanest game. It's it's always, you know, kind of a dirty, rough sort of game and they just throw their opponents off and I think uh, the Aztecs haven't really met an opponent like them yet. I think West Virginia We'll be able to win that one. Yeah, I have uh, I have West Virginia over uh, over Syracuse as well. I I did take Syracuse over SDSU just because Syracuse is one of those teams. Kind of whatever you see them, you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Um, I think Syracuse might get the nod over SDSU. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if San Diego State ends up beating them, but I think regardless, I think this is West Virginia's game here. I mean, hasn't played great against top twenty fives, but has had some really impressive wins throughout the year. Um. But I mean, they're they're really they're a really dominant team inside. So I feel like if if Syracuse isn't or even SDSU isn't able to match up with sides, then I feel like West Virginia is kind of just going to be able to run all over them. Um, and I mean, besides that, the last matchup we have to round it out is Rutgers versus Houston. And I'm well, I, I don't know if you took Clemson, I took Rutgers. 
Yeah, uh, we both took Rutgers. So I am smelling an upset. <laughs> I'm smelling an upset. I know it's not likely considering how deep and talented Houston is, but I just love the narrative of Rutgers finally getting back in the tournament, beating a decent team in Clemson, and then coming out and completely upsetting a t- really talented team like Houston. And I think that's something that could really happen. So I'm going to take Rutgers here. I don't think it's crazy. I think Rutgers, they're they're kind of an old-fashioned sort of team with a lot of bigs. Uh, Miles Johnson just dominates in the paint, especially on the defensive end. And I think Houston might be uh, thrown off by them. They, they haven't played in a as competitive of, of a conference as Rutgers has. Like, Rutgers is in the Big Ten. You know, they've played a lot of really great teams. So they're kind of used to playing against the competition that, you know, that Houston is going to provide. But I, I'm still sticking with Houston here. Uh, I think I think they just have a more talented roster, and, and I, I just I like their chances here. But I'm I'm getting a little chalky with my picks, so I'm a little yeah. worried about that. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be an upset somewhere, so maybe it's Rutgers, but I I, I gotta stick not, with Houston here. I as much as I do want to stick with Houston, I do have to kind of add a little bit of parity just because I do really want to root for a team like Rutgers. And I mean, they kind of do have the results to back it up. I mean, they did beat Illinois in December, which is a while ago, but they, that is the game that really kind of put them on the, uh, on the college basketball map, heading it again, heading into the tournament. Uh, but as you mentioned, Miles Johnson is an absolute animal, um, especially in the paint defensively. Uh, I think he, yeah, seven blocks and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes against Indiana just over a month ago. Um, which is pretty unreal. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is the kind of, this is the kind of opportunity that Rutgers have been waiting for, for a long time. And I feel like they have the kind of gritty, talented roster to kind of take that opportunity, uh, how deep they push it past a team like Houston. I don't know. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll kind of wait to see how it shakes out and see if they even get there. Um, so we'll move back to the West. We'll do our, we'll do our conference semi matchups here. So I've Gonzaga Creighton as my first in the West. I do as well. And I think this is where the Blue Jays runs ends. Uh, sticking with the chalk, I think Gonzaga is just too good. I, I can't bet against them here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing. As as impressed as I've been with Creighton, I mean, I'm equally as impressed by Gonzaga, especially given they're still undefeated. Um, I mean, they're just they're just too – I don't want to say they're too talented to lose, but that's almost what it seems like. Like, they, they kind of have had everything that they've wanted this year, and they've kind of – They've taken no prisoners. They've they've won every time they've had to win. A few a few not so convincing wins against some like lower seeds, but other than that, they've been the epitome of consistency most of the season. I don't see it stopping against Creighton. Uh, do you have USC also, or no? Who who did you take? You took Drake, right? Yeah. yeah. So I had Drake against Drake again, uh, beating USC, and then from there Drake beating Kansas, and now I have Drake against Iowa. Yeah. Um, I have USC against Iowa, and I think this is a potential upset matchup here. I don't know how well Evan Mobley will match up against Garza because Mobley is like, you know, very lanky, and I don't know if he has the strength to kind of battle with Garza inside. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Iowa here. I think they just have enough talent to to overpower the Trojans, but this is this is a good matchup here. I think I think Iowa is potentially vulnerable. Yeah, I um, if I if I had USC beating Drake after that win, then I think I'd be more swayed to pick USC. But I think we, or Iowa versus Drake, I just think that's Iowa's game there. I don't really think Drake has anyone to line up against Garza. I feel like Garza will just be able to eat for for however however long he's in the game. I mean, he's kind of just one of those guys where if he doesn't have a very very fitting matchup, then he can kind of just get whatever he wants for most of the game and kind of facilitate others as well. 
So I feel like if if Drake ends up pushing through all the way to the semis, which I have them doing and playing Iowa, then I feel like Iowa kind of has that has that in their back pocket there. Um, and then we'll swiftly or swiftly shift over to the South here. So I have Baylor Purdue at the top. Yeah, I do as well, and I, I'm sticking with Baylor. Uh, I think Purdue has some size that could could uh, do some damage here, but Baylor's just the more complete team. Uh, yeah, I gotta go with Baylor. As much as I don't want to keep going with the higher seeds, I think I do have to also go Baylor here. I I really am excited to see what Purdue can do in this tournament, especially because they have a pretty I don't want to say a favorable like lineup towards a deep run, but they don't they're not really playing the toughest teams. I mean, especially Villanova that they're matched up against in the second round hypothetically here. Uh they're missing their best player as you had mentioned, so I feel like that makes it a significantly easier matchup than it would have been. Um, but I think, yeah, I think this is where Purdue's run comes to an end. I think Baylor's just a bit too deep and a bit too strong. So I think that's that's kind of where their where their story ends. Um, and then we'll go to the last matchup in the uh, in the South here, which is Texas Tech against OSU. Um, I'm going to take Texas Tech here. This is going to be my parody. This is going to be my huge parody pick because they they're going to beat USU, and then I have the beating Arkansas, and then I have the beating Ohio State which I know is a, is a very tall order considering how – I don't want to say how scarce their talent is, but they're not as deep of a roster as many other talented teams in the tournament. Um, I don't know. I just I love, I love the mantra and I love the swagger that they play with, and they also have, as I said, one of those quicker offenses in the, uh, in the NCAA. So I'd be very interested, interested to see what they can do, not only running in transition with their quicker offense, but also in the half-court because they do have a very cool half-court set with a very diverse guard play, so – I don't know. I feel like that's the kind of thing that could stun a team like OSU, especially if they get the momentum beating a team like Arkansas as well. I feel like that kind of just bodes well for them. Uh, I think there's some Mac McClung bias in here. <laughs> there, there definitely is. There definitely- uh, I'm actually also picking against Ohio State here. I'm, I'm going with the Razorbacks. Uh, you know, I have Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a team I, I really love. And I think the thing with Arkansas is they're a team that, when they're hot, they're really tough to beat. They just have a lot of a lot of depth in their scoring. And Moses Moody is one of the one of the best uh, players in the country, I think. And when these guys are hot, they're capable of of beating just about anyone. And I I'm hoping that they get hot in this tournament and they just stay hot and go on a deep run. But Ohio State is a, is a tough opponent, and uh, that 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 could, they could definitely win that game. We'll we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, I think regardless of who comes out between Texas Tech and Arkansas, I think that's going to make a very for a very interesting matchup against Ohio State. Um, and and I'm I am going to admit there is there is a little bit of homer bias for Mac McClung just because I'd love to see that narrative play out. Um, but also if they if they do happen to beat a team like Arkansas, which I I have them doing right now hypothetically in my bracket, then they would have all the tools at that point, including the momentum to go into a matchup against a team like OSU and absolutely stun the place. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, we'll move down to the East. Michigan Colorado is my matchup. I know you took Florida State. Yeah, and I want to I want to change my LSU Michigan game. I'm picking LSU. I just I think wow. they're gonna get hot in that game. I think they're just gonna get hot, and Michigan's gonna struggle without livers. That's that's my that's my gut instinct. That's what I was I was saying for a week, and I kind of got cold feet. But yeah, I'm going I'm going back to that. I'm taking LSU. All right, efficient backtrack back to the LSU train. So wait, so that would mean that you have LSU, Florida State at the top of your East, right? Yeah, and I, I'm taking Florida State either way. I, I would have picked them over Michigan as well. I think this team is is very talented, and I mm-hmm. think they're gonna win this matchup. 
Um, I'm I'm also picking the same thing, except I'm not taking Florida State because I picked Colorado to beat Florida State. So I'm also taking Colorado. I'm going to take the lower seed here. Um, I don't know. I just we we've been talking a lot over the last few days about how how Colorado plays, and I just I don't know. I just I can't get I can't get past how well that they've played, especially against good teams. And I I just really I love the way that they played. Like they're just a very they're a very safe team. They shoot well. They're an efficient offensive team, and honestly. I don't want to say scoring for the free throw line consistency is is uh, indicative of a well-disciplined and well-coached team, but it really is. Like being able to kind of take advantage of those points, like those free today. Like I feel like that's something that kind of has to be coached. Like as much as you make free throws inherently, if you're if you're not making all of them, it can't matter as much as if you are. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is just this is just kind of a trap matchup here. Like especially especially Michigan missing missing one of their key key uh prospects of their uh of their roster right now i feel like that could kind of bode well for colorado much like it bodes well for uh for lsu in your early matchup there um and then probably my favorite matchup that we've talked about so far in the um in the conference semis uh which would be texas alabama i've got bama i think they're they're better defensively and just as good on offense so I, I'm, I'm sticking with bama here they've been i've been super impressed with them all season yeah, I'm uh I'm also gonna stick with Alabama. Um they for most of the same reasons, honestly. They're they're better defensively. They've been playing well most of the year from what I've from what I've watched from them. They've they've been uh very consistent. Um and I don't I don't see it dropping off as talented as Texas is. They're kind of just I don't want to say a worse version of Alabama, but they but they play very similar. So I don't know. I feel like this is Alabama's game, but this one, this one, unlike most others, could go either way. This one could definitely go either way. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at this East division. I, I think I might have even said this last episode, but this is the division where I, I think a lot of teams could potentially come out and it, it could get rough. I wouldn't be surprised if my bracket is just chalked to pieces right away. No, like, I wouldn't even be shocked if Georgetown beats Colorado. I, and I, I also wouldn't be shocked if Colorado wins the whole division. So like the, this, this is the one that I think has the most uh, parity and it could go any number of ways really yeah i was just about to say that i was actually just about to mention colorado georgetown i was going to mention possibly yukon against maryland as well or even byu beating a team like texas and then riding that hot streak against a team like alabama and even possibly winning that like there's there's a lot of parity that could happen in this east um so move over to the midwest to get rid of the conference conference semis and then move to the conference final so we have illinois against okie state oklahoma state is a team that I would have taken over Michigan. I would have taken over Baylor. I would have taken over probably any of the two seeds on the board, but I can't take them over Illinois. I just, I'm in love with this Illinois team. I think Io DeSumo, Kofi Cockburn, and just the whole roster is just, it's such a good team. They've been playing their best basketball as of late, just won the Big Ten playoffs, which, mm. you know, I've been saying this, this whole time, the Big Ten is so competitive and to win that tournament is just, it's not easy. And uh, I'm impressed with this Illinois team. I think they're coming in red hot and they just have the talent to back that up. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also going to take Illinois as much as I'd love to take Oklahoma state. Um, I think Illinois, as you said, it's just kind of gotten hot at the right time. I mean, coming off a championship win and they played their best basketball as of late, like just again, referring to uh, getting hot at the right time. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I really like the way that I really like what I've seen from Illinois from what I've watched. Um, and I feel like, especially in a matchup against Oklahoma state, I feel like that's not going to be the point where they go out. I'd almost be, I'd almost be less shocked if they went out in the second round than if they lost to Oklahoma state. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think, I think this is definitely just, this is going to be Illinois here. Um, game could be close again. One of these games that could be a lot more contentious than people think, uh, but I'm still taking Illinois. Uh, West Virginia Rutgers is our last matchup here in our semis across the bracket. Um, and this is where my Cinderella Rutgers uh, story comes to an end because this is uh, this has West Virginia written all over it. Um, as much as I'd love to take Rutgers here, I just this is not a good matchup for Rutgers here. This is probably the last type of team that they'd see. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 10-15 bomb at least. Yeah, I have West Virginia Houston, but I'm also picking West Virginia. I think uh, they just they're going to throw off Houston a little bit and just kind of control the pace and just throw them off their game. So that's, that's where I'm leaning as well. I'm going Illinois, West Virginia in the next round. Okay. Um, and then, so where do we want to, so now that we have our finals of each side of the bracket set, where do you want to go first? You want to go West, South, mid? Yeah, we'll stick with the West, South, uh, the same we've been going with. All right. So West and South is Gonzaga, Iowa. Yeah, Gonzaga. I'm taking Gonzaga. <laughs> they they crushed Iowa earlier in the season. They've proven they can beat them, and nobody's stopped them all year long. They've just been red hot. I mean, it's actually interesting to note that the two, three, and four seeds in this division, they've all played Gonzaga, and Gonzaga beat all of them by double digits. So, uh, I think they've got they've got the clearest path to the Final Four of any one seed on the board, and I think I think they're once again going to take care of Iowa. Yeah, I'm going to take Gonzaga as well, much much like for the same reason. They've they've not only played all these top teams, but also beat all these top teams handily. So there should be no reason for any parity there. But that could also be the same reason to flip the opposite way. That could be the same reason that a team like Iowa comes back out in their second matchup and just goes, you know what? Fuck what happened last time. Like we're gonna we're gonna come out and just absolutely try to dog these guys. Um, but I don't know. I just don't see that happening. I just yeah. Like, it is worth noting that uh, I think these two teams matched up very early in the season and, and Iowa is kind of a different team now than they were at the start. But I just think Gonzaga has, has the depth and the talent to, to this. I will power. say before we move on to all the final matchups that we have set for each side of the bracket, I think this is the one that I'm most likely going to flip flop at some point. Like this is probably the only one that I could possibly flip the, to the other way because I have Gonzaga here right now. Um, but I could very, I could very much flip this to Iowa in a heartbeat. It kind of just depends how I'm feeling, to be honest. Um, but then we move over to the South and we have Baylor against Texas tech. Um, much like the same reason that I ended Rutgers run. I'm also going to end Texas tech's run here as much as I love to see them beat Baylor. I just don't think they beat Baylor. Um, and I just don't really think there's, there's more to say than that. I think the only reason that Texas tech really wins this game is if their guard play and interior play on defense is just unbelievable like it's been most of the season but i don't know they would almost have to play perfect perfect to beat a team like baylor so yeah uh i'm going arkansas over baylor mm. uh it's it mainly just just because i don't like baylor's coach and i think he's someone that i i don't want to rely on here i think he's gonna fuck something up somewhere along the line so why not no, here that's uh, arkansas has just got a hot offense and i think this could be the game that they just, they just torch uh torch but baylor sorry uh yeah that's that's where I'm going. I'm going to Arkansas. And you and Nolan just really said fuck the coach. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll move we'll move to the east then. Um, I have Colorado, Alabama. Um, would you have Florida State, Alabama then? I do have Florida State, Alabama. Okay. Um, I think. See, this one's really hard for me. <laughs> it is for me as well. This one's really hard. Uh like the more the more I look at it, the more I want to go Colorado, but I know I should be going Alabama. 
that's, don't think it's crazy to, to take Colorado here. But you know what? Uh, I'm doing it. I'm taking Colorado. Colorado, if they can make it through Florida State, Georgetown, and Michigan, they are going to beat Alabama. I'm taking Colorado. I'm going to take Florida State. Uh, I was actually, you know, coming into the podcast, I had Alabama in my final four, but I've since changed my mind. I think I think Florida State is the team that could beat them here. I've, I've been saying all along the East Division is the one that could go any number of ways. So, you know what? Why not Florida State? I think they're just as talented as anyone um, else on this. I'm just going to let you know. I'm calling it now. Just wait until the final matchup, like the East Finals, is going to be Michigan against Texas. I'm telling you, just just wait for it. Don't be surprised if it's like Georgetown, UConn, <laughs> Georgetown, BYU. I, I'm honestly like this could go so many different ways. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a weird division to to track. I feel like, but I'm actually pissed. I worked the next three days. I've been wanting. I've been like stapled stapled to my couch just watching highlights getting ready for these games and i i'm upset i'm genuinely upset that i don't get to watch a lot of these today and tomorrow but fuck anyway (laughs) um we'll finish out the finals the the final four of the or sorry the final of the four finals matchups geez that's a tongue twister um which is illinois against west virginia yes this uh, I'm going Illinois here. Yeah, as as much as I want to go West Virginia, I'm kind of anchoring towards Illinois, much like the uh, Gonzaga, much like the Gonzaga point. They've just they've played well when it's mattered, and they've they've gotten hot at the right time coming into the tournament. So I don't really see that slowing down, especially if they get past all of their or their first three matchups, which I see them doing. So as as good as West Virginia is, I just I just don't see them throwing off a deep team like Illinois. Yeah, I mean, I took Illinois over Oklahoma State, and I think Oklahoma State's better than West Virginia. I mean, they just played each other twice in a row, and both times Oklahoma State won. So kind of strange to me that West Virginia is the three and Oklahoma State's the four, but whatever. I think uh, I think Illinois is going to beat West Virginia. I think Oklahoma State is the biggest threat to them in this in this bracket. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely agree with that. I'm just looking at my final four now, and I feel like it's pretty – I feel like it's, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. I have three ones in my final four, which I feel like shouldn't is never going to happen. Uh, it could. You know, ones and twos are, are typically the teams you see in the final four. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not it's not fun seeing all one seeds there, but it, it's you could you can see it happen. I think yeah. I think Gonzaga has such a clear path to the final four, and I think Baylor pretty much is. I mean, maybe Purdue could knock them off. And I think Ohio State or Arkansas is is a big threat to them at that spot. You know, I took Arkansas there, but I think Baylor has a pretty good shot at getting in. And Illinois also, I think, has a pretty good shot at getting in. So it's not crazy to have three here. Yeah, so my so my final four, I think yours will look pretty much the exact same, barring the my Colorado probably being your Florida State. Um, but I have Gonzaga against Colorado. And then on the right side, I have Baylor against Illinois. Yeah, I have Arkansas against Illinois and Gonzaga, Florida State, but I'm taking Gonzaga and I'm taking Illinois. I think they're the two best teams in the country, and I, I want to see them match up in the finals. I'm, so that's that's where I'm going. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Gonzaga, and I I can't lie, this right side matchup is very polarizing to me. Um, Baylor's also only lost one rank or sorry one game in their conference, um, seven and two against top tens, much like Illinois, seven and three. Like this game on paper is probably one of the tightest matchups you could get in the final four. Um, 
I think this one could swing either way. I love Illinois' talent and how deep their roster play is. Like, they kind of seem to implement pretty much everybody in their rotation. So that's something that I like, especially, like, saving their more their more pivotal talent towards the end, keeping them fresh. But hmm, I, 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 I know that this almost has to be Illinois, but I'm very tempted to go Baylor. I'm going to take Baylor. All right. I... I don't know what it is. I just feel like Baylor in that matchup has a very good shot of beating Illinois. Baylor has a lot of talent. Yeah. I know you don't like the coach, but Baylor, much like Illinois, does have a lot of talent. They have a very deep roster. But I think whichever whichever team ends up playing Gonzaga, I feel like unfortunately will lose to Gonzaga. Like I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna have Gonzaga winning. Um I agree. Uh I think you know, to go back to Baylor real quick, they were so red hot coming out of the gates. And then they had that that COVID break for about 21 days. They come back, you know, they barely beat a pretty mediocre Iowa State team. Then they get spanked by Kansas for their first loss of the year. You know, then they, they play West Virginia, barely win. They end up playing Kansas State in the Big 12 tournament and barely win against a really bad team. And then Ohio State ends up knocking them out into that tournament later on. So... I think they haven't played their best basketball as of late, which is also part of the concern with me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when they're when they're on, they're they're about as talented as anyone in the country. So they could they could make some noise here for sure. Now, what do you have? I know that we're using the same we're using the same engine for this game, but what do you have as your final score? Uh, Gonzaga will score a lot of points. They always do. Yeah. They're averaging ninety two per game. And Illinois is going to keep it uh, keep it high scoring as well, I think. So I'm going with something around like like an 85, 79 kind of kind of score. I think they're both be around around 80 roughly. So I'm I'm yeah. going to say 85, 79 Gonzaga. So I pretty much have the same thing as you. Just uh, it was funny that you said you literally said almost the same score I have. So I have 87 Gonzaga over Baylor 78. Um, I just think it's going to be, as you said, very similar scoring. Like Baylor and Illinois, for the most part, have pretty much the same potential scoring. If not, Baylor's a tad more potent on offense. Um, but I don't know. This I think regardless, it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. Like Gonzaga always, has always this season had the ability to kind of push the clip. As you said, like 92 points a game, like that's, that's pretty unreal. Um, but I feel like Baylor will be able to neutralize that a little bit, like maybe just below seasonal standard, as we've said, like 87 is kind of just five points below which is still a fairly high scoring game for them, but not up to their standard. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be within 10 points. Um, look for Baylor. I feel like this will be one of the games where Baylor takes control early, like in the first half, like don't be surprised if they have a lead, like through the first 10 or 12 minutes. And then Gonzaga will eventually just find their stride like they have, and they'll just, they'll get hot down the stretch. So I think that'll be, that'll be kind of the outcome that we see here. That would be a great potential matchup. I'm so sad. We we almost got to see it in the regular season, but then it yeah. got got canceled because of Baylor having their their COVID issues. So it would have been nice to see that, and you know, that could have really swayed my opinion of either team. Like to see if Gonzaga would have handled Baylor in that matchup, that that would have just given me even more confidence in them. But I think this is a team that just has a lot of experience, a lot of talent, a lot of depth, great coaching. To just all across the board, there's nothing really, no flaws here. And when I when I'm picking a team to win the tournament, I want a team that's just been consistent all year long. And Gonzaga really hasn't had a bad game all year. Uh, most of their wins are by double digits, and they obviously haven't lost yet. So this yeah. is just a team that 
you know, to win March Madness, you got to win a bunch of games in a row. And Zag has done it more they than anyone. They so. won 26 games in a row. So can't look, can't look uh, pretty far past that. Um, and the thing is, as, as I'm looking at this now with the two ones in the finals and Gonzaga winning, this is like the perfect, I told you so moment where I'm going to submit this bracket and I'm going to watch their second round matchup against what against their hypothetical Mizzou or Oklahoma. And they're going to lose for some reason. Like I, I guarantee, I guarantee something is going to happen in the first round that is going to absolutely blow up what I've already had down here. Like if I <laughs> yeah, it could, it could. You know what we'll do? What we'll do really quick? We'll pick one game from each side, like from each quarter of the bracket that we think could definitely have parity, and if it would play, like that'll have a different result that could shake out and completely alter the entire bracket. Okay. So uh, West, I'm saying UCSB Creighton. I have Creighton going to the Elite Eight, and I think that is a very dangerous first round matchup, especially with Creighton playing so terribly in their most recent game. They got spanked 73 48 by Georgetown. I think they're going to rebound here and have a, have a nice game there, but UCSB is, is a really tough opponent. And if Creighton plays like they did last game, they will lose like for sure. Yeah. They, they can't play like that and expect to win. I, um, I do agree with the, the, with the UCSB, they'd probably be my other one on the bubble. The one that I have that's big for me, since I took VCU, I think Oregon is the big one that stands out for me just because if they were to get past VCU, I feel like they would, they would honestly, they would have a, I don't want to say a favorable matchup against Iowa because no one on that side really has a favorable matchup against Iowa, but I feel like Oregon, Oregon would be able to give them a run for their money. Um, they just, I don't know what it is. I just, I love the way that they play. They're one of those well-coached teams again, like for the most part, pretty disciplined. Um, they're pretty, they're a pretty consistent scoring team too. Like they have, they have a few guys who are averaging over, I think it's like 15, 15, 16 points a game. So they're able to kind of spread the wealth there on offense. Um, but I feel like if Oregon were to beat VCU, like, like they're matched up to right now, given the seven ten matchup, I feel like they could give Iowa a run, which would in turn shake out the entire bottom side of the West. Um, but the odds of that happening, I think, are pretty slim. But I think besides UCSB possibly beating Creighton, I think Oregon's really the only other one that stands out to me. Um, yeah, Oregon is dangerous. They're they're underseeded as a seven. It's it's yeah. simply because they lost their Pac-12 tournament game, just because Oregon State just happened to have an unreal shooting night. I think uh, I think they're 12, 12 and one in the last thirteen. They won the Pac-12 regular season. They got Chris Duarte. He's one of the one of the more explosive scores. Uh, yeah, they're they're a scary team. They could definitely beat Iowa. I think that's that's a that's a good one. That's a good pick. Yeah, and I think moving to the south, I think the one the one bigger parity that we had between our two brackets was you furthering with Arkansas as opposed to me with Texas Tech. Um, and I think if that were to flip flop, I mean Arkansas is going to beat Colgate. I think that's a given. Um, but if Arkansas beats Texas Tech, I think they run all the way to the Final Four. I think they end up beating Baylor in the final of the South and they make a run towards the final four. But I think that's, that's the only way that's the only way that they make it is if, well, I mean, that would be the only way that they can make it. That's a dumb statement. Um, but I think that would be, that would be the only parody that would, that would push Baylor out of the final four for me is if Arkansas makes it to the final of the uh, <clears throat> sorry, of the South side of the bracket. Um but yeah, I think Arkansas is one of those teams that, as you said, when they're hot, they're pretty unstoppable. 
So I feel like if they're able to get hot through their first two matchups and beat a talented team like Texas Tech, I feel like that could bode well going into a game against Oklahoma State and then from there going into a game against Baylor. Yeah, this division is the one that that seems, I don't want to say clear cut, but the most, the one I'm most confident in, I think Baylor, Purdue, Arkansas, Ohio State, I think, I think those four teams should be the four teams we see make it uh, to the lead eight or sweet 16. So I don't know if there's a big one that really scares me here other than, I guess I'll say Arkansas Colgate. I think Colgate is, is a scary opponent to play in the first round. They've, they're, they've only lost one game this year. They're 14 and one more athletic than most uh, mid-major teams are and they can shoot. So if Arkansas has a cold night, Colgate has a hot night. That's, that's one that could scare me. Yeah, they are. They are for one of the lower seeds, one of the higher scoring teams in the tournament. I think they're just under an 87 point clip, which is really impressive considering their seeding right now. Um, but yeah, that one definitely has potential for an early upset if they if they end up playing a bad game. But if they end up getting past Colgate, I think I think they have kind of the bottom path of that bracket in order to get past Texas Tech like I have going all the way to the uh, to the Elite Eight. Um and yeah, I think from there, if they were to beat Texas Tech, I think they're very capable of beating Ohio State, even even given how strong Ohio State is. Um, and then if they end up beating those two, then I think a matchup against Baylor is kind of a very polarizing matchup. Yeah. Just for me, if, if Colgate beats Arkansas, that obviously fucks up a lot of stuff for me because I got Arkansas going to the Final Four. Uh, yeah, Colgate, I think, I mean, really the only reason they're a 14 seed instead of like a 12 or a 13 Most is games. the fact that yeah, they've only played 15 games because of COVID, but yeah. in those 15 games, they've looked pretty good. So uh, they're a scary, scary first round opponent for sure. So we'll move to the uh, we'll move to the beast that is the East. Um, <laughs> this this one has a lot of variables here. I think yeah. the biggest one that I have that I don't have I the, the only one that I haven't really given a fair shake aside from maybe a Georgetown that could beat Colorado in a stunner is definitely BYU because I think BYU now matched against UCLA. I think that's a pretty lock first round, but even from there, I feel like it's one of those games. If BYU shoots well against Texas, that could be BYU's game. And even transitioning from that moving forward, if they end up playing Alabama and they have another hot night, that could be another one. And it's like, they're just one of those streaky teams where if they're playing well, then it's very hard to stop. Um, they also, they're one of those teams that that's one of those more infectious teams where their play on one side of the ball can kind of transition to the other side of the ball. So I what I've noticed from watching a lot of their games is if they're shooting well, they're playing they're defensively, they've been very sound. So I feel like they're very like momentum driven and kind of a high energy team. So I feel like if they can play well on in terms of shooting the ball like they have most of the season, I feel like that'll translate into a very tough matchup for Texas. So I feel like they could definitely make a deep run. Yeah, uh, they've, they've given Gonzaga some some tough matchups. They've played them three times this season and they lost all three, but I mean it's Gonzaga, so you can't you can't really hold that against them. And they played them in their their uh, conference championship game, and they were right with them the whole way through. And Gonzaga kind of pulled away a little bit at the end, but this team's scary, so that that's a good pick. I wouldn't even put it past UCLA to potentially upset them though, too, because UCLA mm-hmm. just might might get hot. So I don't know, man. This this whole division, like I could pick any one of these games. Uh, one that's definitely. I guess more scary for you because I ended up knocking out Colorado in round two, but having a, a Georgetown Colorado matchup, that one's one that I could definitely see busting some brackets. Yeah. If Georgetown just continues to play the way they have in recent games, but I guess, you know, based on who I picked, I think 
the uh, the potential second round matchup of Colorado Florida State is the one that that could definitely throw off my bracket because I got Florida State going to the Final Four. So yeah, Colorado um, knocks them out. That that obviously throws off a lot for me. That's the uh, that's the vice versa with me because as I said, I took Colorado to beat FSU and then Michigan and then Alabama. So if if Colorado ends up losing to Georgetown or FSU, then my entire East side is blown up. So. It is what it is. I guess we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. I wouldn't be shocked if, if a lot of people have their whole East side blown up. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised either. Like even looking at St. Bonaventure, even if they lose to LSU, like you have, you are very high on LSU possibly beating Michigan, which I think is still definitely a possibility. But even if, if SBU doesn't win and then LSU passes, like uh, moves on against Michigan and then plays Colorado, then if they end up beating Colorado, then I'm like, I'm dead in the water. Like my entire East side is blown up. Um, and then I guess we might as well round it out with the Midwest. Um, the only one that I really see is maybe Tennessee. Like I, I understand yeah. like how good of a team Oregon state is in terms of their shooting ability. And they're, they are, they are one of those better two way teams as well. But I feel like I haven't really given a fair shake to Tennessee through like a lot of this talk that we've had. Like they are still a very, a very deep team. Um, they've played well. They've played well most of the season. I mean, pretty mid against top 25s. They're two and two. But I mean, again, a very consistent two-way team, one of the better defensive teams in the tournament. Um, and I don't know what it is. The Vols just always, the Vols always seem to just perform. And I feel like this year could be another one of those years. But for the same reason, for the same reason, that could be like the Oregon State situation where if they end up, winning against Tennessee and possibly getting hot against Oklahoma state, then that goes into a very shaky matchup against Illinois, even though Illinois is extremely deep. So it kind of, it goes both ways, but I think Tennessee is definitely my team in the Midwest that kind of stands out. Yeah. I mean, part of what made me a little bit more on board with, with picking Tennessee uh, or picking Oregon state to upset Tennessee is the fact that I see Oklahoma state there in the second round. So I think even if Tennessee wins that, they're going to have a tough time beating Oklahoma state. So Mm -hmm. You know, even if, if they win that game, you know, I, I lose one point, big deal, you know. So I'm, I'm fine with taking Oregon State as the upset. So I guess the one for me is is Oklahoma State, Illinois. I got Illinois going to the finals, and I think Oklahoma State is the biggest threat to prevent them from doing so. I think Oklahoma State's very, very good. And with Cade Cunningham on the floor, you never know. Like, he can, he can just take over a game. Yeah, I just think uh, Illinois has got a little bit more – more talent around their star in Jisumu. I think Jisumu versus Cunningham is, is an interesting matchup. And I think Jisumu has more weapons at his disposal that will ultimately carry him through in that match. But Oklahoma State, Illinois is definitely the one that I could see busting my bracket on that side. Yeah, I agree. I think Oklahoma State definitely has the potential to break a lot of people's brackets. Now, I do have to ask you, though, if Oklahoma State were to hypothetically beat Illinois, they're they're going to the Final Four, right? Like, they would be the team getting past West Virginia, or do you think that's a lot closer? I mean, they, they'd be my pick for sure, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they just played West Virginia twice in a row and beat them both times, so yeah. I, don't, I, I see no reason not to take them in that matchup. Now, I'm actually very interested in this now, now that you've brought up Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State, hypothetically, gets to the Final Four, where to play Baylor on my side, but I don't know. Did you have Baylor coming out as well? I had Arkansas. Are you at Arkansas? Yeah. So in an Arkansas Oklahoma State matchup in the final four, who you got? I would take Oklahoma State. Okay. So then that would make for a Gonzaga Oklahoma State final. And would that change anything for you? Or would no, that I'm just Gonzaga? with the Zags. They've been my team since before the season even started. And I just think they're the best team on the floor. Uh, for your matchup, Oklahoma State Baylor would be interesting because they've actually played each other three times this year, and yeah. Baylor won two out of three. But 
I think Cunningham might have been hurt for one of those games, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he was hurt in the first one because that one was early in the season, right? And he had that little leg injury. Or yeah, like, I, I think he might have been out in that game. So the, those two teams could go either way even. So I, I think Oklahoma State is, is extremely dangerous. Yeah, I think that's one of those teams where if they get hot at the right time, I think they're definitely a problem. Um, I think if hypothetically, if Oklahoma State were to get past Illinois, I would be very swayed to put them in my final over Baylor because that would that would be the kind of performance beating a team like Illinois. That's just that's a huge boost to a team, especially going into the final four against a really another tough team like Baylor. But I don't know. That's just talking about all this parody is getting me excited. I can't lie. It's just yeah. Um, I, I just looked it up, and uh, Cunningham was out their their first matchup against each other, and they played each other twice in March already. March fourth, Baylor beat them eighty one seventy. March twelfth, Oklahoma State beat them eighty three seventy four. So, mm. you know, when Oklahoma State's healthy, they split those matchups. So, yeah. Oklahoma State Baylor could be could be a good one to see see play out here potentially. Damn. This is uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm. I don't want to say I'm second guessing Illinois, Oklahoma state, but I think the way that we've talked about it now and kind of talked it up a little bit, that could be, that could be kind of one of the more entertaining matchups of the sweet 16. I mean, most of these sweet 16 matchups that we have though, are going to be very entertaining. Yeah. I know mine are a bit different because I have Drake against Iowa, which is a tad unlikely. Um, but I mean, I don't think it's crazy though. No, it's not, it's not one of the crazier ones. Like I have Rutgers against West Virginia too, which I mean, if they get hot could happen, but then you have like Texas, Alabama on mine, Michigan, Colorado, Illinois, Oklahoma state. Um, even Texas tech OSU is going to be a really entertaining game. And then Baylor, Purdue and Gonzaga Creighton. Like those are all, those are all great matchups. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how having like no fans there impacts things. I wouldn't be shocked if there's fewer upsets this year because you know, sometimes those upsets just ride the momentum of the fans, yeah. just kind of cheering them on. So maybe, maybe that will will lead to more more chalk. I, I picked more chalk than I normally do in, in terms of just I got a lot of ones and twos and yeah. threes going deep. Same so here. I don't know. Like in it, March is always crazy though, so yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. I think I think bringing up the impact of fans is a really important point. Now, I haven't read too much into it, but is it restricted access to like media and fans or is it literally like no fans in attendance? I'm pretty sure it's restricted access. Okay. But, so so I would assume in like in a 40 to 50,000 uh capacity like college building they'd allow maybe 10,000, maybe 8,000 something like that. Uh it looks like 5,000. 5,000? Okay. Yeah. From what yeah. I'm, yeah, what I'm looking at, the the first four had five thousand fans, so I think not a lot. I think the Sweet Sixteen through to the Final Four, uh, even into the final itself, will be the kind of situation where we saw in the NFL, where it was like I think it was like it was just over forty thousand, given how big the stadium was, but something equivalent like that. Like if we get in the Sweet Sixteen and it's like fifteen thousand to twenty thousand fans in a big capacity building, like that could be the kind of thing where that, where that kind of six man or sorry, the uh, 12th man, like the Seattle Seahawks effect could kind of come into play, especially with some of these lower seats, possibly riding momentum of a huge environment. But yeah, I think, I think the lack of the, um, the usual March madness, um, I don't know, ambiance with all the fans and, and I don't, I, I just feel like that could, that could provide kind of a lot of, a lot of different uh, outcomes here. It'll kind of just depend on who's playing better on that day and who just plays better just playing in an empty gym. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It should be uh should be interesting. See what happens. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we've wrapped it up here. Like, I mean, looking at our final four, is there anything that you want to change last minute? 
Nah, I'm 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 good with this. Yeah, uh, I got Gonzaga, Florida State, Illinois, Arkansas. That that's that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah, I've got Gonzaga, Colorado, Baylor, and Illinois. My final is Gonzaga, Baylor, and then I have 87-78 for Gonzaga. Um, so yeah, those are those are our picks. Those are uh, your two. I, I wouldn't even say college basketball experts. I mean, I would consider Nolan an expert. I've, especially this year, I've been more of a casual, but I've, uh, I've studied up a little bit. These are, uh, these are my picks that I feel good with. I'm sure Nolan feels the same way. Uh, given a few cold feet, cold feet occurrences uh, that have resulted in a few changes of our bracket. Uh, we've been pretty, been pretty set on this from what we've talked about. Um, so, I mean, I guess, is there anything you want, anything else you want to bring up Nolan before we wrap this up? Yeah, apparently I'm the expert. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, more, more um, than I am for sure. Yeah, no, I guess. Uh, I guess just to the only thing to bring up is that uh, I've I've got two March Madness articles up on the site right now. One about why I think Gonzaga is going to win the national championship, um, and then the other one's just some potential upsets you might see in the first round. So, if you're if you're still filling out your bracket, or if you're just interested in reading up a little more about March Madness and some of the teams that are going to be in it, recommend checking those out. Yeah, Nolan, uh, Nolan is an expert at providing extremely in-depth basketball information, um, which I've had to edit on very many, very many occasions. And it's it's a lot of fun editing nine and 10 page documents. <laughs> no shade, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, be sure to check those out. I mean, Nolan, Nolan's content's always a great read and he always goes through every single facet of drain of thought you could possibly think of to give you, give you well-educated information. So definitely be sure to go check those out. Um, you can also, you'll be able to find this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, iTunes, um, anchor, I'm trying to think of the other ones. I can't really think of the other ones off the top of my head. Um, but aside from that, be sure to keep tuning in every week when we have, uh, when we have the layup line podcast going, um, we'll, we'll get a set date soon. And, uh, aside from that, be sure to tune in next time. Hope you guys enjoyed and peace.